Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that's like a hemorrhoid for the brain. It pops up and will just irritate you for about a week. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, well, in pipe parts, we have Jeff Grasick talking about Battle of the Briar. And then my guest is one of those uh, journeyman pipe smokers. It's Steve Davenport. So we get to hear from him. Music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, before we get into the show, let's get a lot of housekeeping out of the way. Are you ready? You must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead and click off now. Uh, JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation auction items. Uh, if you've got anything, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. like to get all those gathered up in the next couple of weeks and then get them off to uh, Steve Fallon for uh, putting them up on the site and all that stuff. So please send those in. Uh, Vegas Pipe Show, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. If you're thinking of coming, we are, uh, we're, we're running out of hotel rooms. So uh, go online, book your hotel rooms and get those done also we have uh early registration offers so if you book before july 1st book your room and and admission and pay for it before july 1st or book your room and book your table and pay for it by july 1st uh we're going to enter you into winning a uh, up to three nights free at the hotel for that weekend yeah so that weekend you're going to get three nights free and we're going to give one away to uh, we're going to give three nights away to the people that are booking admissions and three nights away to people that are booking tables. So two people are going to win three nights free. We'll do the drawing a couple of days before the show and uh, have, you know, have let, be able to let you know on Friday or Saturday. So you'll have extra money and you'll get those room nights credited right then and there. Uh, remember, new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show get posted every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And all of them are available for you to go back and listen to. All 557 of them are available for you to go back to and listen to on Pipes Magazine right now, thanks to Kevin. And uh, you may find them all on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or uh, some of them are, most of them are on Spotify and Stitcher. So there they are. And please make sure you are continuing to share the Pipes Magazine radio show to all of your pipe smoking friends. And uh, let them know how much you like it. All right, there you go. A lot of housekeeping, so we got it all out of the way. Uh, let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We 
are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for Pipe Parts is Ask the Pipe Maker himself. And now what I'm going to call you is the Grand Poobah of the Battle of the Briar, the brains behind the Battle of the Briar, the Pipe Maker, Jeff Grasick. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Well, hey there, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Oh, that's your announcer voice that you used during the uh battle of the briar with uh, you and steve fallon doing the play-by-play together that was that was a lot of fun um so for those that don't know because you might have been in a cave at the recent past chicago pipe show jeff you hosted a thing called the battle of the briar which was three pipe makers one hour and making pipes right that's right yeah yeah all right so what was the inspiration for it Give me a little bit. Give us some of the background, and uh, and some of the some of the juicy details. What really happened that nobody the can juicy see? details behind the scenes, the behind the scenes thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for asking, Brian. I I mean, it was uh, so much fun to not only do this, exhausting, but uh, so much fun to do it and rewarding to see how well it went and how well received it was by the uh, the uh, attendees at the show. Um, so really, the idea came from it or I, I presented it to the powers that be at the show in 2022 and um i'm sure i'm not the first person to come up with this uh idea or something like it but uh you know inspired by television shows like the iron chef or um the knife making show on netflix um oh what's it called uh forged in fire um this uh the idea was to take um some of the existing stuff that we had at the show we had this room that i was teaching all these pipe makers or aspiring pipe makers to make pipes in we had pipe making equipment and i thought well if we have all that stuff then maybe we can do something exciting with it one of the evenings and uh pitch the idea to some people at the show and uh you know that we would have this one hour competition this pipe making showdown invite three talented professional pipe makers in there give them a pipe kit similar to what the people in the class would do mm-hmm. uh, or would have and uh set a top uh countdown timer and see if they could finish their pipes in an hour and you know not only as something for the public to witness which would be really cool but also for the people in the class who had spent you know the last two days working with a pipe kit and you know working their tails off to uh to learn all the techniques and things involved to slowly remove the material and make something that uh they can be proud of at the end of two full days and this is with the hands-on instruction and help of uh three or four professional pipe makers so if they can see a professional pipe maker step in there with a pipe kit and turn something out in an hour, uh, I thought it would be something that would be kind of awe-inspiring for them as well to see, you know, just the the talent that these pipe makers have that, you know, whose work they see on websites or, you know, the next couple of days after the event at the show itself, they could have a different appreciation for what uh, goes into these things. Because the ones that are on the table at the show take a lot longer than an hour to make. <laughs> yeah uh, well so they say so they say but yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so you pick the three pipe makers were all from basically different schools of pipe making you had tommy escorti who grew up mm-hmm. as an escorti in italy and in what some would call more of a factory setting uh than a mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. a sitting by yourself in certainly the like a cereal cereal pipe production yeah 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 and then Jared Coles, who, you know, came came out of the Jeff Grasick school of longer is better to make a pipe than faster, mm-hmm. and shorter. Uh, and then Scotty Pearsall, who has her own design, you know, her own design style and her own aesthetic completely different than anybody else. But again, is a mm-hmm. you know, is, is on her own. Um, so what I thought was interesting was how are these three different pipe makers from different schools and different aesthetics, how are they going to handle dealing with these preformed blocks and this 60 minute time frame? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, most people who want to make a pipe, they usually start with a pre-drilled pipe kit like we use for the seminar that we had for the people at the event. And I, I will say most 
professional pipe makers, I don't know that many of them, if not most of them, have ever used one of those. I I had never uh, before I started teaching the pipe making seminar. I had never used a preformed <laughs> or pre-drilled pipe kit, and began to appreciate the limitations that that it uh, presents to you. Um, I and a lot of my peers are when we see a block of briar, we see a whole bunch of potential inside of it. But as soon as you see that the holes are drilled and the mouthpiece is pre-fitted to it, you see that uh, that you know expanse expansive um, you know uh, creative landscape that you had in an undrilled block of briar really really narrow quickly uh, because someone is imposing their thoughts or or presenting their thoughts to you and you've got to try to figure out what to do with it. Um, and I thought that would be a really interesting thing for the pipe makers, um, you know, to to experience. And I, what you were talking about, like that all three of the pipe makers were coming from different backgrounds. That was part of what I was hoping to create with this is that to bring in people who who approach pipe making and um, have workshops that are set up totally different than one another. And I thought that would be really exciting. What Tommy brought to this was, you know, this this um, lifetime of experience because he's he is probably far more experienced than both uh, Jared and Scotty combined uh, with his his family history, and speed is really important in that setting. Uh, they're very precise with what they do, but they have tooling that's set up to help them be really fast. And the tools that we had there were pretty rudimentary compared to what yeah. Tommy had. So he would he has speed, but let's see if he has it with these tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Jared, like you said. Go ahead. Uh, I was just thinking. Here's a you know here's an Italian guy that's used to driving Ferraris that are built for speed, and now you gave him a clunker with mm -hmm. three with three square wheels and uh, and half an engine. And now go race. Yeah. <laughs> See what you can do with this, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not to spoil it for anybody, but he did win. Yeah. Uh, not to spoil it for anybody, but there is also coming out in the next you know, months or whatever, uh, Adam from the Get Piped YouTube channel, Adam and Nick are, were there and filming and recording stuff and they're putting together a whole video on it so we can watch that. So we won't, we won't spoil the win. Uh, but oh, I, okay. Yeah. Don't. Sh 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 okay. I won't say anything. Yeah. Here's what I want to ask so, you. So here's, oh, go ahead. Here's what I want to ask you is what pipe makers did you approach that turned you down for this? Well, I don't want to tell you that because some of the ones that uh, I I will say no one turned me down per se. Uh, there were uh, two pipe makers who I invited who were unable to be at the show. And I expect them to uh, participate, if not next year, then in uh, in the years to come. Yeah. And they're both they they like the the three competitors for this year they come from different backgrounds and can really help you know make this uh you know keep keep the excitement going uh that's that you know having this this potpourri of of pipe makers mixed together really i think builds the excitement for the event and now let's talk about the thing that excited me the most because I was in the smoking okay. tent watching the, uh, I, I was watching the satellite relay, uh, re, you know, the satellite viewing of it from uh, from outside mm -hmm. where I could sit and smoke, and uh, it, it was you and Fallon, Steve Fallon doing mm -hmm. the uh, doing the play by play, the pipe stud himself, the pipe stud himself. Um, I'm imagining that that was probably a pretty easy get. First of all, he sponsored, you know, pipestud.com <laughs> sponsored the event, and. You said, Steve, you want to come and help narrate this or, uh, you know, do the play by play? I, well, actually, it was the, the, the you, you reversed those things. Oh. Uh, I invited Steve to to announce. And much to my surprise, he said, sure, I'll announce if you will co-host with me. And I said, oh, my. Uh, <laughs> OK, well, you do the heavy lifting. And he did. Um, but he let me uh, he let me tag along and uh, along and add some cover. Or, I'm sorry to he let me tag along and add some color to the event. <laughs> so, uh, but and then afterwards, I found out that he'd uh, he'd sponsored it, which was uh, very very generous of him, and uh, you know helps keep the Chicago show going and it helped make it so that we could have this event in the first place. And then you had three judges. 
I, I'm assuming three judges and the three judges they had they had to pick the pipe that was the supposedly their the winner of the event. Yes, so that choosing the judges was a little challenging because, like the competitors, uh, wanting to have a diversity of competitors, I wanted to have a diversity of judges. My goal was to have a pipe maker, uh, an experienced pipe maker, um, a, uh, a retailer. Uh, or person with a lot of experience with pipes and a collector. And we ended up with all three of those. Um, we had Marty Pulvers, yeah. who has been around the pipe world for decades. Yeah. Um, and we had Fred Berger, who's a collector from here in California. Mm -hmm. And the third judge was Ted Billmeyer. He's a pipe maker who's a member of the Chicago uh, Pipe Collectors Club. Um, and, uh, you know, all three of them together helped, you know, compose... I thought a really well-balanced uh, judge panel. And I prepared a grading sheet for each of them that had, the, the, the idea was to have as objective as possible uh, criteria for them to judge the pipes by. So it wasn't them saying, well, this is, to me, this is the one I like the best. And so, you know, I want that to win. That's what the People's Choice Award would be. Uh, we wanted to have criteria like, hey, um, are the sanding scratches gone? Does the, uh, they, they chose a block of briar because they each had to select their block. They were all drilled a little differently with different grain orientation. So if they chose a block of briar with a particular grain orientation, did they use that grain to create the shape? <laughs> um, so the, the only thing, and, and then time was part of it as well. The first person in got uh, bonus points, second person in got bonus points. And if they didn't finish in time, then they would only get one point in that out of the five that were possible there. Uh, fortunately, all three of the pipe makers did uh, get them in under time, uh, though it was very, very, very close. So we're planning on doing this again next year, right? We are indeed. Yes, it seems like uh, the club is pretty excited about it. I'm really excited about it and seeing, you know, uh, seeing this happen again and bigger and better than last time. And then the pipes were uh, auctioned off on the silent auction on Saturday or Sunday of, of the show. So some somewhere somebody's smoking those pipes right now. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to to think that you know this the, these three pipes that were made in this event uh, could be you know out there with someone who got to see them made in front of them that's a that, that's a pretty special thing and we also uh, had each of the pipes engraved with the battle of the briar logo uh the year the place that that pipe finished and the pipe maker's name so that was battle of the briar one next year battle of the briar two jeff thanks for coming mm -hmm. on thanks for thanks for giving this giving us a little sneak preview of this and uh there's videos on youtube that people can find for it so yeah thanks so much for asking about it brian and we'll be back in just a minute this is internet radio since its beginnings in 1876 savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory it's become a lifestyle from sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for one of those uh, not novices, not the experts, but the journeyman, the five to ten year range is I've actually met you in person. So I feel like I've known you forever. But Steve Davenport, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on. All right. So you I know you live in Georgia now, but is that where you grew up? that's where yes that's where i grew up i've been in georgia all my life except for a two-year exile while i was in college to greenville south carolina you went you, you went you went to Greenville. oh okay you, was that voluntary or was that mandated by some state penalty or something uh, strangely enough it was voluntary oh okay <clears throat> all right so growing up what'd you what'd you want to be in did you end up doing it uh, i wanted to be an astronaut and no hmm. 
Short and rotund doesn't work well for astronauts. Well, unless you want to, well, if you went to the moon, you wouldn't be, weight wouldn't be a problem. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I, I could probably buy a ride with, uh, with um, either Bezos or uh, one of the others, but I don't quite have that kind of cash. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little short on cash, but uh, yeah. So what'd you end up, what'd you end up doing for a career? I have, I, I'm by education, a geologist and I've been doing environmental consulting for about the past 35 years. So you, so you tell us what has seeped into the ground? Pretty much. Yeah. It's uh do a lot of soil and groundwater sampling and uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting most of the time. And, and I guess you get to spend a lot of time outdoors with that too. Probably not as much as I would like, but uh just spend a few days outside every, you know, two or three times a month, then come back in and spend the rest of the month writing reports. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, you had me at. I, I was all on board with the outside stuff. Then you said write reports. I was like, ah, I'm over. Yeah, you know, you look back at the uh, reports you're supposed to write in high school, and you're starting to think, eh, no big deal. <laughs> now you're writing them for a paycheck, at least. That helps. Right. Uh, so when and how did uh, pipe smoking come into your life? I had a great uncle as my grandfather's sister's husband that lived down in North Florida. And we would go down there fairly often, and he smoked a pipe. And, of course, you'd see him out and about, and he always had a pipe in his mouth. Uh, he had a pouch of something in his pocket along with a box of matches. And uh, that's probably my first exposure. Um, my dad and granddad don't didn't smoke a pipe that I recall. I know my dad had a pipe that lived in a coffee cup in our cabinet. So at some point he gave it a try. <laughs> and then when I was in uh, college in South Carolina at Furman in Greenville, mm -hmm. I had a professor that smoked a pipe and um, it always smelled really good in his office. And that's kind of what gave me the push to get started and went to a, there was a pipe shop. Uh, you're probably familiar with Boda pipes. Yeah. In Greenville. And I went in there one day and picked up a pipe and some tobacco and tamper and pipe cleaners and the whole bit. And the only thing I didn't pick up being a really smart college boy was the how to part. <laughs> oh no. So you know where this is going. Yeah. You you did what yeah. I did. You said I know how to do it, and went back to your went back to a place all alone and just tried it. <laughs> yep, you puffed as hard as I could and scorched my tongue and didn't get anywhere. So uh, kind of put it away and tried it a couple of times uh, in the years in between. And then about eight ten years ago, we were on a trip to New York City. And uh, the girls were on Fifth Avenue. The girls were shopping. I saw Fifth Avenue as a cigar shop across the street. So I wandered in there to see what they had and saw a little Peterson Zulu. Uh, and I ended up buying that and picked up some tobacco. And once we got home, I gave it another try. And about the same time, I started finding the for you know various forums, Pipe, uh, Pipes Magazine, some of the others. Yeah. And uh, started learning that you don't, it's not like a cigar, you know, you light it and you're done. Um, it was a little bit more to it. And, and guess what? Relighting is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it kind of progressed from there. And at some point, uh, I wouldn't really call it an aha moment, but I started learning to tamp and uh, learning to pack it and puff on it. You know, not like a freight train and things started coming together. Isn't it funny how you think of your your great uncle that had a had a pipe with him everywhere he went and a pouch of tobacco and you never saw a tamper or a pipe cleaner? Nope, I don't remember one anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and now here we are, all fancy, learning how to tamp and light and use pipe cleaners. Uh, yeah, he he just had a, a very uh, calloused finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know those fingers well. Um, so, so you get that Zulu and you get the information and then did you kind of like think all of a sudden, well, wait a second, there's a whole other world of stuff too. 
Yeah, uh, I would. There were multiple worlds of stuff actually. Is <laughs> uh, it was a lot to digest, and then just realizing how many different types of tobacco were out there, uh, it was amazing. Uh, and it's fun finding out what you like and don't like. Yeah, and looking back now, do you remember possibly like the the dumbest question you ask on the forums? Uh not not off the top of my head. I'm usually fairly quiet on the forums, just read and absorb. Did you and were you reading and absorbing for packing techniques and how to and how tos and? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, all of that. And then uh, YouTube came along, Uh-oh. and you can you can't actually learn you know what what you're feeling, but you can get a pretty good idea, and that helped a lot too. When did you start branching out into other pipes and and all kinds and did you try all kinds of tobaccos? Yeah, I've tried a bunch of different kinds. Uh, I found real quick what I didn't like, um, but I've tried aromatics. I've tried Virginia Pariks, which is really where I've stuck. Uh, I don't like Latakia. Uh, okay. Probably a little bit less than you do, actually, from what I what I can gather. Wow. So I'll you, probably be labeled a heretic, but I discovered that I didn't like Latakia with a tin of Frogmorton. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, at least you, <laughs> at least you discovered that you didn't, that, that you didn't like a good blend. That's true. Was that kind of hard for you? Because you know, if you read the forums, <clears throat> people are all about English and Virginia's. And then here you are saying, you know what? I don't, I don't like this. What's wrong with you people? yeah uh, there was there was some of that and then i just you know after reading the forums and listening to your show and and the country square i kind of learned that you know do what you like and don't worry about what everybody else says yeah yeah uh when did you uh when did you acquire the uh the pipe acquisition disorder that really kicked in the first time i saw a lord davenport pipe on the internet (laughs) yeah and it just spiraled from there. And yeah, and I think you reached out to me about those, and we did a little bit of research, if I remember right. Yeah, we did a little research. Um, they were a brand that came out in the early 40s, based out of New York, uh, off Lexington Avenue. And they went out about 1951, 1952. And they had a pretty good distribution here in the States. And the military, even uh, during World War II, made uh, fairly sizable purchases for the uh, for the soldiers and sailors. So but you could find them East Coast, West Coast, Hawaii. There were even some uh, pipe shops. I think it was Victor's in California that uh, had them stamped with their with their logo, uh, as well as Lord Davenport. So you kind of created your own collection based off of uh, the similarities of names. Right. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Lord Steve Davenport. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. are back on the pipes magazine radio show visiting with steve davenport um all right so you how many of these davenport pipes do you have i 
think it's around 30 now. And all different, and all different shapes and sizes and styles. All different shapes and sizes. If you look at Pikepedia, it says there are four different shapes. Uh, but that came from a Bennett Brothers catalog from the 40s, and they're actually a lot more shapes than than what they show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one catalog, four shapes. That's easy. Uh, right. Yeah. So with with your collecting of Davenport's, you. These are all for you to smoke, correct? Most of them I do. There are a few that were pretty rough that I haven't cleaned up yet, but uh, I've cleaned up several of them, and, and they're not bad little smokers. The catch is a lot of them had stingers in them to begin with, and uh, of course when you pull the stinger out, you create a, a spot for turbulence to build up, so they'll end up gurgling, but uh, they still want to smoke too bad. And some of them didn't have, st- didn't have the stinger, so... Uh, those are the, the better ones. So with your with your collecting of those, are you also are you buying multiples of a shape, or are you just kind of limiting yourself to one per shape? Uh, I've got multiples, you know, mainly uh, bent billiards and billiards. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've gotten to where I'm looking for either they've got six different grades, and I'm looking for their double A AA or triple A grades, and then. Now I'm looking more for unique shapes, or is there something like a band on it? Uh, some have them, some don't. You know, I'm looking for something more unique. Yeah, so you're kind of you're not just buying them all anymore. Now that that went out of the way about oh, 14 or so, 15 in maybe. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's kind of fun. So, how many pipes total do you have, including the the Davenports? And keep in mind, your wife probably won't listen to this. So. <laughs> I think I have around between 50 and 60. And what? That includes a, includes a bunch of, of uh, Chris Morgan's bone pipes and then uh, a handful of uh, handmade artisan pipes. So what is currently the holy grail or white whale of a pipe? If you had it, you know, if you won the Georgia lottery, which pipe are you, which pipe are you buying? It's a smooth Nate King Prince. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And have you gotten into aging and storing and cellaring tobaccos like I told you to? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple things that I've had uh, between uh, pound, pound and a half that have been put back for two or three years now and letting that sit and, and uh, trying some new things in between. Are you, are you still actively trying different? Uh, different styles of tobaccos or are you are you just kind of stuck in your uh, in your favorite zones I, I mainly stay in my favorite zones uh, I'll try something a little different every now and then but uh, I mostly stay with Virginia Pariks and uh, there are a few a few aromatics that I like is uh, pipe smoking a daily thing for you now probably four or five times a week okay so and it's a kind of the the day's over. I'm gonna go sit outside and watch the uh, watch the crickets jump around. Yeah, watch the crickets and the fireflies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly where you live. You got good firefly country down there. Yeah, we do. If it gets any warmer, they'll be starting up soon. Yeah. Uh, what else keeps you busy? What other hobbies do you have? Because I I know you're also into the geocaching thing, which I don't quite understand. Uh, yeah, I'm into geocaching uh, pretty heavy. It's uh, you, you think about a uh, an online scavenger hunt. The analogy that I like is you're using billion dollar military navigation equipment to find Tupperware in the woods. <laughs> so how does that work? Somebody says I've hidden something at this GPS location, and you got to go figure it out, or that's. That's the, uh, the the extreme cliff notes version of it. There's a, a, a website online called geocaching.com. And basically you sign up there and somebody will go hide a cache or a container box with a log, a log book in it. And they will go back to this website, take the latitude and longitude, uh, add a bunch of other information in, push a button, and it populates. And then somebody else takes the information, downloads it to their phone or to their GPS, their little handheld unit, and goes out to find it. 
and some of them are pretty tough and some of them are in some pretty rough places, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So it gives, it gets you a chance to get out in nature, wander around. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming maybe while you're out there, you're puffing on your pipe as you're going through the forest. Yeah. It, it's a good outdoor activity for nerds <laughs> and nerds that live in, live in places where the weather's decent. Yeah. And they're a little hard to find when it's snowing sometimes. <laughs> uh, now you've none of these have like you know x marks the spot buried treasure or somebody's hidden a gold coin or the secrets to fort knox or any of that not exactly but a lot of people when they put a cash out they will put a dollar in it or a, a you know dollar coin or something for the person that's the first to find it Ooh, that's that'll, that'll get you right up you might smoke a dollar's worth of tobacco going out there that could happen <laughs> Um, so, so, so what, what else is, I mean, pipe smoking wise, um, we, you know, we, we know you've, you've gotten into the, into the Lord Davenports, uh, does the rest of your pipe smoking collection, does it tend towards the classic shapes or have you tried more fanciful shapes? Mostly classics. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten anything that's it's too off the wall. Do the do the the off the wall ones? Do they appeal to you, or is it just something that's just not your style? Uh, generally, just not my style. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, you're just kind of a you know salt of the earth geologist, and so. yeah, yeah, kind of. I would say so. <laughs> uh, all right. I've uh, I've offered you guys the opportunity to bring two questions to the party. So, what have you got? Okay, first one is, and it's something I don't think I've heard. I've listened to to all the episodes, some of them a couple of times. And what was your aha moment? I think it it was a it it was slowly over a period of time when I first realized. Um, you know, when I first discovered what a Virginia Perique should taste like, so when I first tried a Scudo, and then uh, the Peter Stokeby Luxury Twist Flake, which was a Virginia, uh, a Virginia with dark fired, um, right. you know how to rub, that it's okay to rub them all the way out, and then when I learned that it's okay to use a pipe cleaner during the bowl. Uh, it was, it was kind of a, a combination stage, a combination of stages. Um, and then I guess really the, you know, the, the, the real mix of it was when I finally got one, of, I, I finally got a pipe from JT cook and that was kind of like the first foray I'd done into artisan or handmade pipes. Everything else up to that had been you know, from a factory. Um, I still have a Costello that I've had for, I don't know that Costello and I've been together now for probably 26 years. Uh, and I, and I just finally kind of learned how to learned how to rub out those flakes, pack them correctly for my, you know, for my style, use a pipe cleaner tamp. And then I was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm finally getting this. Um, I am a, um, uh, I'm relatively bullheaded. So that was a process that went on from 1996 to about 2002. And, uh, and I really wish it was one moment that I could have just looked back on and said, Ooh, there it is. But no, it wasn't. It was a, it was a, it was a bunch of little things that built up. Right. Uh, Sounds very familiar. Yeah. And I and I too had the same I, I had the same battles with Latakia where people said, you know, you really should try, you know, English blends are really where it's at and I just couldn't get them to just couldn't get them to smoke right for me or hmm. you know, get them to work for me. Um same thing similar on the cigar side where everybody said, "Oh, you want these big cigars. You know, the big cigars are better." And I was the one that was like, I'm just not comfortable holding that 
big of a cigar in my mouth. Uh, you know, I'm not that comfortable sticking it in my face. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, I tend to like a Corona or Lonsdale myself. Yeah, and I and I think it's just it's you know for me it was a it, you know I figured I should do what's popular and what's hot and exciting. Um, and then the other thing that I started doing was starting to age some stuff, and I was really impressed with. Yeah, I remember thinking, wow, I've had this tin of whatever for six months, and now I'm going to smoke it. And I thought, oh, it's completely different than the tin that was freshly, you know, that I got fresh. Um, so I hope that answers the question. I really, I really wish there was one moment where I can remember and set my, you know, look back on my calendar and go, yeah, it was uh, September 18th at uh, 3.48 p.m., you know, but I... Right. I think you're. That's probably the same as a lot of people. It didn't click at one time. It's just like a, a number of different things fell into place, and after a while, you realize it's going pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember the uh, in two thousand and one, I went to Denmark, and they let me take some cutting some Escudo discs right off the cutting machine, and I remember the disappointment in them when I smoked some that night, and I thought, well, this is really bad maybe i got a bad batch but i kept the pound of loose discs and i brought them home and you know put them in ziploc bags i didn't know about aging in mason jars back then uh and then i remembered going back to them just a month later and thinking oh good they got a lot better so that's when i started to really learn the difference between you know a real fresh blend and time allowed to it um yeah, letting it dry down all those little tricks all kind of came together and by 2002 i was pretty much tuned in on my uh you know six inch long straight lavat or billiard with a short stem and uh fairly <laughs> fairly moderately dry virginia periques or virginia's you know virginia burleys uh that was that was kind of a six year long process of listening to the wrong advice, the right advice, and finally finding my advice. Yeah, you just gotta figure out what works for you. Yeah. Uh, so, what else you got? All right. Second question, and this is uh, just regarding tobaccos. Do you prefer your the current offerings that are on the market? Mm-hmm. Or would you like to be able to go back in time to something that was previous? previously offered that's not offered now and there's a catch no mcclellans yeah 1980s three nuns okay uh early 90s um and and at the same time uh late 90s into the early 2000s of a scudo uh, okay those two blends right there I could I could live off of those without seeing the little whale on any of my packages. Uh, now, here's the other here's the other caveat to that. I've never smoked that three nuns fresh. I've only ever smoked it with yeah twenty years of age on it. So, with that being said, if it was fresh, I don't know what it's like, and that could really be a problem too. Because I may have to, you know, age it for years, but I would imagine it was pretty good fresh, or pretty good with you know six months to a year of age. Um, I was uh, able to try, you know, to smoke a Scudo from ninety eight, ninety nine into two thousand two, three, four, and I knew exactly what that tastes like. Obviously, fresh and a month of age and six months of age. So, so I'd be good with that one too. Um, I, I'd probably be pretty grumbly that I have to sit there and rub them out all the time. So <laughs> they might, they might end up in the microwave here and there, <laughs> uh, but yeah, those would, those would be perfectly fine. Uh, you could add in some of the McConnell's red Virginia from the eighties and the seventies. Cause that was a really, uh, that's the only tin of tobacco that I'm actively searching for at pipe shows and, and on uh you know on websites and stuff so if anybody's out there don't go chasing after that stuff nobody else but me likes it it's terrible 
just leave it all for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com if you have any. It's worth about twenty bucks a tin. <laughs> How how'd that do for you? That works. Yeah. All right. Steve, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind, and I know you've heard them a few times, so once or twice. What is your favorite pipe? I'm going to go with the easy answer, and it's the one I'm smoking this week. Um, get down a little farther in the trees. That is a Stefan Cashwell Prince that I picked up about three weeks ago. That's actually a name I'm not familiar with, so you'll... Uh, He's an Atlanta-area carver, and you need to get familiar with him. He's been at it a couple, two or three years, and he's producing some really nice work. Wow. All right. What is your favorite tobacco? Again, this week it'd be uh, Watch City Flake 558. And does it? Uh, so you 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 said this week. So that means that your your mood may change, and you may run into a favorite shortly after. Yeah, it, it changes from from week to week. Sometimes day to day. <laughs> Actually, lately I've been uh, fairly enamored with uh, Greg Pease's Bankside, mm. which is a Virginia Perique Plus. It's got a little uh, dark fire Kentucky in it, and strangely enough, a little bit of Latakia. But it's really good. Yeah. All right. So you so you haven't found that one blend that that's it, or the two blends, or the three blends. You're you're still bouncing around. Yeah, I'll bounce around a bit. If I had to pick two or three to you know my desert island blends, it would be. Uh, uh, Peter Stoke, B, Luxury Bullseye, and then the uh, Watch City Flake 558. And what is your favorite drink? Uh, I'm a beer guy. Uh, it would probably be something out of uh, Sweetwater here from Atlanta. Got to keep that local peach tree, uh, the, the peach state stuff going, huh? There you go. <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book. Is, is, I love listening to music. I just don't don't uh, sit down and do it enough. Uh, is the book about how to carve spoons? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, carve spoons. Uh, right now I'm working on uh, Lord of the Rings. I think my second pass through that. And then uh, got a couple others. I mentioned that reference because uh, Steve made some handmade, hand-carved spoons that are coming up in the JDRF auctions this year. So a little early plug, or maybe a late plug, depending on with, when this comes out. So sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, then, uh, uh, and then finally, do uh, you have you a... You and Dale have used yours. Yeah, I, don't, I, I stay out of the kitchen. That's, yeah. I'm best when I'm not in the kitchen. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, probably my first pipe show. Uh, I was in the uh, West Coast Pipe Show in 2018. Yeah, yeah, that what, was that was a lot of fun. And you, uh, living in Atlanta, hopped on an airplane and came out by yourself. Exactly. Uh, just real get, quick, get, what what's it like walking into a pipe show and showing and coming by yourself? Uh, at first it was a little intimidating, um, you know, cause basically I knew I had not seen anybody face to face and, uh, I think you and I had talked a couple of times yeah. and, uh, but it was, you get, you get comfortable pretty quick. It's, uh, it's a little overwhelming and then I know that's nothing compared to Chicago, but it's, uh, it, it's fun. It's neat to go in and see all the pipes, all the tobacco. Uh, start meeting people, making a few friends. Did you end up going to lunches and dinners with people, or how'd that work for you? I've not really had a chance yet. Uh, I did have lunch with a few folks at Richmond in 2019. Uh, you know, since they had uh, lunch on site. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I hadn't. I really hadn't had a chance to to get out and and go. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for coming on and uh, and, and doing doing this. And I and I especially enjoy the the uh, Lord Davenport pipes. So keep keep searching. Oh, I definitely will.
and we'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, yeah, thanks to Steve for joining me and uh, for being such a good guy. All right, for music, I was reminded this past week about uh, Oscar Peterson, jazz pianist, pipe smoker, and uh, went on a deep dive and went through some of his music and found one from an album called Milestones of Jazz Le- Legends, Oscar Peterson and the Greatest Singers. And this is uh, Oscar with Louis Armstrong, and the song is I Get a Kick Out of You. My story is much too sad to be told, but practically everything leaves me totally cold. Yes. The only exception I know is the case When I'm out on a quiet spree Fighting vainly the old ennui And I suddenly turn and see You fabulous Yes, I get no kick from champagne Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all So tell me why should it be true I get a kick out of you Some get a kick from cocaine I'm sure that if I took even one sniff That would bore me to riff liquid too Baby, I get a kick out of you. Baba da 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 I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me. I get a kick, though it's clear to me. Obviously, don't adore me. Yes, I get no kick in no plane. Flying too high with some gal in the sky is my idea of nothing to do. Yet, baby. I get a kick out of you. Yes, I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me. Baby, I get a kick 
though it's clear to me you obviously I don't adore me mama I get no kick in the plane flying too high with some gal in the sky is my idea of nothing to do yeah baby I Mama, I get a boot. I get a kick. Ba ba da 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 Could you imagine just sitting there watching Oscar Peterson and Louis Armstrong in the same room? Wow. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. If you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page at pipesmagazine.com, just like Dino does every week. And Dino says, while it was a bit difficult to hear clearly, Ben's detailed description and history of the museum was quite fascinating and enticing. The website is an absolute mind blower. Damn, I want to go there right now. Uh, I enjoyed hearing Ogden's Nut Gone Flake <laughs> again. It's been years. I remember buying it when it first came out. A brilliant, wonderful, and bizarre album. Nice wrap-up of the Chicago Show emails. Great rant. Just be nice. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. You're welcome, Dino. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, Captain Black is something that ne- that just never appealed to me. Probably the Borkum Riff-style packages they come in. The one that has a hint of vanilla has some appeal to me due to the wonderful room note it has, but I must congratulate the company that bought them from Lane Limited. I didn't think any tobacco company had enough integrity to buy a company out, change the ingredients around, and then actually rename the product. I've never heard of this happening. They usually just start selling the product without a word of warning. Kudos. Uh, the interview with Ben was most enjoyable, even if I missed a word of it now and again. Ben's English was impeccable, so that wasn't the problem. It seems that the link to him was rather noisy. Uh, his descriptions of things was really enjoyable. It is a fascinating place. I first heard of the museum some 10 to 15 years ago and was just thrilled with it, and I wanted to go then. Now I'm really psyched up for it. If I can just get over the fear of flying that I have, I'm all set. Uh, it's so difficult for us to be nice. If they're nice, you should be nice. Weird music. <laughs> Leave it up to uh, Casey Ghost to always be the counterpoint on the music. And then Bryant writes, a Great episode once again. Your review is the first I'd heard of the new Captain Black Platinum. I'm glad to see the old standby is doing more than keeping up with the times. I will always have a soft spot for both my first tobacco and the one my older relative inspirations smoked. Uh, Benedict was a great guest, and I will definitely check out the Amsterdam Pipe Museum. He was an excellent spokesman for the place, as well as a riveting interview. The deep dive into pipe history was fascinating as well. I hope to get to Amsterdam someday to see it in person. Uh, also, thanks to Charlie for recommending Small Faces for the music. It was definitely a trip back to the psychedelic 60s, as you said. Uh, it had me searching for Austin Powers. Your music, as always, is diverse, topical, and entertaining. Curious to see if Dino and Casey Ghost agree on this one. Have a great week, my friend. Best regards, Bryant. <laughs> yeah, well, we heard how that went down. Uh, and then I've uh, I've been remiss in the uh, iTunes ratings and reviews, so we'll get caught up on those because those do mean an awful lot. And uh, thank you very much for keeping us the top-rated pipe and uh, tobacco podcast out there. And uh, here it goes. All right, fantastic podcast by DeFitzy. Uh, for any of you out there interested in pipes, this show is fantastic. Brian does an excellent job as host, and Kevin comes across as an arrogant, um, I won't say that word, but don't let that stop you from listening. <laughs> wow, Kevin, you got you got shouted out. Um, anyway, uh, but he gave us five stars, so great. Appreciate it. And then uh, Mike99... 99 dollar dollar 
writes, uh, absolutely hooked on the Pipes Mag podcast. Love Brian in the show. Downloading as many as I can. Thanks for your dedication to the hobby, Mike. Oh, Mike, you're welcome. And uh, make sure you're keeping current with the new ones while getting caught up on the back ones. Uh, Washburn MR450 writes, uh, the gold standard of podcasts. Tuesdays are my best day of the week. Keep up the great work. Kudos to Brian and Kevin. Thank you very much. We will. And I'm pretty sure I read this one before, but we'll make sure and get it. Anyway, it's from Viking Matt 69. He says a great show. There is something for all pipe enthusiasts on this podcast. Brian does a fantastic weekly show. I've picked up several good tips from him and his guests. And now that I found Chartable, I can see that we have over 400 and, uh, 460 some odd reviews, and it shows me all the the reviews from the, the different countries. Uh, but it doesn't go back in history too far. So, anyway, thanks for that. If you're on iTunes, please uh, leave us a rating and review. That is much appreciated. And rant time is coming up next. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool-smoking corncob pipes, colonial-area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original. Authentically you. Thoid Floor Men's Clothing. Suits, shoes, ties, trousers, cufflinks, going up. I beg your pardon, but on what floor might I find the luxury tobaccos, pipes, and accessories? Well, I'll tell you, pal, if it's those things you's looking for, you need to visit tinbids.com. Ah, yes, of course. You mean the Pipe Collector's Auction site, right? That's right, Mac. You can buy and sell pipes, accessories, and vintage and hard-to-find luxury tobaccos. You know, just like you were saying. So I can sell my pipes and tobaccos too? Why, that's just fine. Yeah, you bet your life, buddy. So, what'll it be? Can you take me to the floor where the computers are then? What's a computer? Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up today. recently came across a YouTuber who is espousing that everything that he sees everything in black and white. It's either black or white. It's either really good or really bad. Well, and I think that's all really bullshit. All right. There are some things that are black and white. All right. Bad cancer. Bad. Okay. You know, uh, car crashes. Bad. You know, new cars. Good. Uh, new, you know, childbirth. Good. Those are those are black and white. But everything else, everything else, everything else is a shade of gray. And if you don't see things in a shade of gray, well, then you're just black and white polarized. Shades of gray include how I feel about Latakia. Latakia is not my favorite, but if it's your favorite, that's fine. It's not black or white. I just don't, I just don't like it. So that's not black or white. I just don't enjoy it. Uh, certain size and shapes of pipes. If you don't enjoy them, it doesn't mean that they're bad or you know, if you do enjoy it, doesn't mean that it's good. It just means that that's your preference. That's a shade of gray. Uh, if you, if like me, if you go to a steakhouse and you order the chicken or the fish because you just don't enjoy steak, well, there's nothing bad about that. It's not black or white. When you're talking about politics, politics or religion, there is no black and white in my mind. There may be a way that you prefer. There's a way that you've selected. There's a politician that you follow. But does that, that politician do everything that you like perfectly? No, it's all shades of gray. The only people and the only people that see things in everything in black and white well, those are radicalized zealots, and zealots or cult members, they get so far out of the realm that they only see black and white, and those people are just completely out of their mind. There's got to be things in their life that they see that are in shades of gray, or they just don't care about. So black and white just doesn't work, all right? 
There we go. I'm calm down now. Uh, I'm back into the middle of the gray, you know, the light gray somewhere. All right. There we go. Fine. Nothing's black and white. Okay. Got it? Good. Okay. Fine. I'm happy. All right. I want to thank Jeff for joining me. Uh, thank you to Steve for joining me. JDRF Auction Items, please reach out to me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather If you listen to this show at one and a half or two times speed, I hope this really hurts your head.